Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Well, Twitter is an absolute dookie show right now, isn't it? How the hell am I going to get all my information to you? Or frankly, how am I going to get all of my information? What a mess. What a mess. Well, luckily, it's only July 3rd. Happy July 4th weekend, everybody. I don't know how many of you are actually going to be listening today or tomorrow, but we're doing shows anyway. But I did decide to change the order of operations over here. That is, uh, initially my plan was to come back. I thought we might do a breaking news show on Friday, but the funny thing about free agency is that at least in the first chunk, and honestly, like, a lot of it at this point, there weren't a ton of surprises. There are a few key guys that are in new spots, and that's created openings for other guys in existing spots. So there's plenty for us to talk about on the free agency front. But in terms of like, oh, wow, this guy did this thing, that didn't really happen. I mean, Freddie Van Fleet, maybe. But even that one, we... All of the rumors going into free agency pointed to him taking the truckload of cash. Hard to turn down those numbers. And then a lot of guys seemingly went back where they were. Phoenix got a lot of pretty nice veteran minimum stuff around the fringes. Lakers did a pretty good job. They brought back everybody, added a couple of, well, almost everybody, flipped out Dennis Schroeder for Gabe Vincent, things like that. Milwaukee got their guys back, paid Brooke Lopez a ton. Anyway, uh, I don't mean to to downplay free agency because it was fun. And I think I mentioned on Friday morning show that for the first time in my NBA life, I actually have, I'm going to call it a source per se, because it's not someone that I can like hit up for information on the regular But it is someone that is extremely piped in, and it just came up in casual conversation that he was like, oh yeah, all the deals are done. They're all done already. Which is often the case going into free agency, but not all the time. Because some years, and somebody was arguing with me about this on Twitter, I don't remember what it was, and I I tried to very casually remind said person that sometimes it's not all right at the very front end. But they weren't having it. Uh, everybody, everybody's a critic. Point is, we didn't have like the Kawhi jet tracker or something like that. You know, we didn't have the who the hell was the Kawhi was the big one. That's the one that sticks out. And that's like five years ago now. But every once in a while, we have this waiting on the huge name thing, and nothing else really happens until we find out where the big name is going. You get the the fringy stuff. You get the smaller market teams that kind of have to do what they're going to do. They tend to have to overpay a little bit while the, the big teams are waiting on the big free agent. There wasn't really that guy this year. The big money guy is Freddie Van Vliet, basically. And, you know, some young guys got big extensions, but Van Vliet was the one who was out there looking for a bigger payday, perhaps. But there were only like three teams that had the money to lure him away from Toronto. So the vast majority of the NBA, 80-85% of the clubs, they could just go along with what they needed to do. And that's probably why I didn't even have a chance to ask a follow-up question of my 
quote-unquote source on this to say, why do you say that this year? But reading between the lines a little bit, it was basically because none of the teams needed to wait on anything. Like two, three, four teams maybe had to wait on stuff. Oh, we didn't get this guy, now we got to go to our backup plan kind of thing. But again, vast majority of teams, they just got to forge ahead. So today, I want to do another team review because it is a, a holiday day. Not that today is the actual holiday, but pretty much nobody's working on July 3rd when tomorrow's July 4th. It's going to be, you know, everybody's going to the market to get their snossages day. So we'll do a team review because, frankly, I think those are probably lower trafficked shows, if I had to guess. I feel like people are less excited about hearing my thoughts on a Miami Heat season review. We'll do the Denver Nuggets probably tomorrow, July 4th. We will do a show tomorrow because I'll be home. I'm not going to break my streak again. Not this fast. I don't know. Maybe I'll save the, the last team review until July the 5th. I don't know. I haven't decided that far ahead. It'll be, uh, the Nuggets will either be tomorrow or Wednesday. And then... Because on Thursday, I believe, that's when the moratorium ends, isn't it Thursday? Forgot to recheck myself. I think I saw that it was Thursday. I can't see anything anymore. Tweet deck's broken. Twitter's limiting everything. I don't know when the hell anything's happening. I feel so lost. There's Summer League stuff happening already, though. Crazy, man. I can't believe that's already upon us. Free agency isn't even done yet. They can't even actually ink these, these dudes. Ah, whatever. Uh, but the thought there is that stuff is still trickling in. There aren't that many names left that could really move a needle even a little bit. Kelly Oubre is someone that's had fantasy value that's still floating around on the market. He's kind of the only one. But, like, look, Tory Craig just signed this morning. So that's, you know, another name off the board. Uh, Eric Gordon signed last night. Yesterday, Sunday, we had a, a Miles Bridges update. Oof. So there's a couple things. There's stuff that's just sort of floating in. A couple things, two, three, four, five things a day right now after the big push on Friday and Saturday morning. And for that reason, it all kind of makes sense from a timeline perspective. We'll talk about the Miami Heat today. Keep it relatively brief, as best we can. We'll either finish up the team reviews tomorrow on July 4th, or we'll do just like a check-in show. And uh, if we don't finish them up tomorrow, we'll finish them up Wednesday. And uh, certainly by Thursday at the absolute latest, we'll be diving into free agency and kind of taking it year or uh, player by player, team by team. And actually, as I'm speaking right now, Mason Plumley just signed a one-year deal to come back to the Clips. So there you go. News breaking as we talk. The Miami Heat. Oh, by the way, I'm Dan Bespris, and this is Fantasy NBA Today. I'd say to follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, but God help you, I don't know if you can find me on Twitter right now, because nothing frickin' works. I feel like that scene in Spaceballs, when they flip open the button to abort self-destruct. Out of order. Beep. Even in the future, nothing works. That's where I'm at right now with all of this. Fix it, you jerks can't operate like this luckily we don't need breaking news for the better part of about seven more weeks so uh 
Elon, I got you on about a 45-day countdown. Figure this crap out, or I'll probably abandon ship. I'm not doing it now, because, like, what's the point? I have heard nothing of any use about all these other sites that just don't really have the capacity. But there is a timeline on this. If we get to September and I still can't get my news and put my thoughts out on Twitter the way I have over the past four or five years, do some other thing. Not yet. Not yet. Okay, let's talk heat. So the Miami Heat, were a very weird team this year because they were, I don't want to say mediocre, but they weren't very good for most of the season. They were aggressively average, 44 and 38, just a few games over 500. Better at home than on the road, 27 and 14 at home, 17 and 24 on the road. No surprise there. Same home record as a team like the Raptors. And a slightly better road record. But there's just nothing impressive at all about what they did during the regular season. And there was really no reason at all to think that that team had a deep playoff run in them again. They did it in the bubble when Jimmy Butler showed that he was kind of the only dude who wanted to be there in the Eastern Conference. That made all the difference. But these playoffs weren't those playoffs everybody was perfectly happy to be there they didn't have home court in uh any of their actual playoff series they almost got wiped out in the play-in tournament losing one before winning one and then all of a sudden rammed their way to the finals with just better execution and absurdly strong three-point shooting done without tyler hero the whole thing just made no sense at all But it happened. And then some of their guys went and got paid. Gabe Vincent making $11 million over the next three years each, 11 each, with the Lakers. Max Struess to the Cavaliers in a sign and trade. Those are the two, I would argue, bigger changes for the Heat because Vincent played 26 minutes a game this year. He saw a lot of time filling in for a regularly injured Kyle Lowry. And then... For Tyler Hero in the postseason. And Max Struess, who wasn't very good during the regular season, he came on and shot the ball better in the playoffs, as did Duncan Robinson and so on and so forth. And it's just a team that kind of woke up. How do they replace those minutes? Kind of remains to be seen. The, again, free agency here is putting a few things into perspective. The Heat are trying to mix and match bodies. They brought in Thomas Bryant as a backup center spot. Josh Richardson is back. He'll pick up... He's not really a point guard, necessarily, but he could orchestrate a little bit. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly. 
the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Main guys are largely the same. Outside, I think you could argue, of Vincent. Jimmy Butler, he's got a few more years. Adebayo's got a few more. Tyler Hero has a whole bunch more. Kyle Lowry's on an expiring contract. I can't imagine that they would get anything for Lowry. He's a guy they'd probably have to attach to assets to get off of that contract. But I'm sure he'll get rolled up into some sort of trade deadline thing just because he's an expiring contract. Caleb Martin saw his role increase substantially, also mostly in the playoffs. I mean, his, his minutes were fine during the regular season, but he didn't really get to do very much. But here's the thing. You guys are here for the fantasy analysis on this club. And at the end of the day, the Heat had three players that were inside the top 100 on a per-game basis. Jimmy Butler was number 10 in a huge win of a season. 65 games for him was terrific. That got us beyond almost our wildest dreams to some degree. Because he was getting drafted in the 30s. Nobody wanted anything to do with Jimmy Butler. I did. I took him in quite a few roto spots where he was still bouncing around in the middle of the third round. And he just blew that out of the water. He was number seven by totals because nobody at the top of the board actually played in any games this year. So 65 for Jimmy was actually really good. Oh, and I just wanted to pop in here in the middle of the show to let you guys know that we actually have a new partner here on the podcast, which is extremely exciting for me. And the backstory, which is kind of fun, is that Uh, an awesome rep with a company that we had worked with in the past changed spots to a new spot and reached out. So a big thank you to Dom. Uh, Was so, so excited to hear from him after, I, I guess it was like, I don't know, seven, eight, nine months. Maybe it was a year. I can't keep track of the time. And it's allowed us to partner with a new company called Caldera Labs. Really excited about this. Let me tell you guys about it real quick. Uh, First of all, first impressions matter. No two ways around that. What's the first thing that someone notices about you? In most cases, it's your face. And more importantly, your skin. If you aren't already, it's time to put your best face forward. And how do you do that? By adding in a skincare routine. Yes, I'm talking to you men. Men, you got to take care of your skin too. And you know what? It's not hard. You just don't have the right tools, or we didn't, until now. Clinically proven to reduce wrinkles, fine lines, and signs of aging, Caldera Lab is the leader in men's skincare and is here to save the day. Use our exclusive code ETHOS at calderalab.com to enjoy 20% off their best products. That's C-A-L-D-E-R-A, Caldera Lab, like laboratory, L-A-B, dot com. So here's the thing. Caldera Lab has created a high-performance men's skincare product, and the regimen leads off their product lineup. It's a -a twice-a-day routine to transform your skin. 
This was, unfortunately, or fortunately, not something I needed to worry about a decade ago. But you guys have heard me talk recently on this podcast about, yes, oh lord, don't remind me, I am now 40, you can't just float through life and expect your skin to stay great. 25? Sure. 30? Maybe. 35? Mm, You're dancing with it. 40? I'm falling apart at the seams. Caldera Lab is made with top-tier ingredients and is a great addition to your daily routine. It takes less than a minute in the morning and less than a minute at night and will reduce your wrinkles, fine lines, and signs of aging. Once again, get 20% off with our code ETHOS at calderalab.com. That's 20% off at calderalab.com by using code ETHOS. Jump into skin and first impression royalty with Caldera Lab. Really excited to start to work with them. Please do check them out. Really, take a second. I know like we've pummeled you with live reads over the last few years, and you've heard them before about the places that have been with us long-term, but a new partner... Very exciting for me, and hopefully will be exciting for you as well. Bam Adebayo played in 76 games, kind of back to his more durable way. He was number 34 per game, number 26 by totals, which brought him relatively close to his ADP. Adebayo is a very weird... He's a weird test case because... big men like him who are not really known for their prolific scoring, don't usually get overdrafted. But Adebayo became known for passing a couple years ago, and that really forced his ADP up the board. Remember the COVID years, if you want to call them that, 1920 and 2021? He had five-plus assists per game. He was also a 2.4 and 2.2 combined steals and blocks, those two seasons, which, by the way, did hold up last year. It was at 2.2 combined steals and blocks. His scoring was a career best. His rebounding was a career best. Field goal percent held pretty steady. Free throw dipped last year, back down to 75 after he'd gotten up to 80 the previous season. But the assists were back down. Some of that was Tyler Hero's emergence. Some of it was Kyle Lowry. That held this year. And his steals and blocks came back down to 2 But you had to like the fact that he was taking 15 shots per game. So everything kind of covered itself with Adebayo. He was doing more on offense from a scoring standpoint, which allowed him to do a little bit less on defense. His assists were the same this year as last. His free throw percent was back up at 80. That was useful. What BAM do you get next season? Hard to say. But I'm inclined to think that he probably gets ever so slightly overdrafted again. Not now because of the assists, which are no longer at five per game. He's done three and change two years in a row, and I think you kind of have to assume that's just what it's going to be here. But because he now scores 20 points per game, broke that magical 20-point barrier. Adebayo is always a safe play in head-to-head. When he's upright, he plays. He had some time in there. I mean, nobody got any rest days. He was a big-time victim of the non-existent offseason after their deep bubble run. And what we got here was a look at these guys with a full offseason of rest. Adebayo was back to being pretty damn durable. Jimmy Butler was being serviceably durable in this season. Not like, not great there, but if he continues to get drafted late 20s, early 30s, which he very well might again, because people are like, oh, Jimmy Butler misses a ton of time. 
yeah, he missed a lot of time, but it really wasn't any more than anyone else putting up his per-game numbers. In fact, it was slightly more, and that's why his totals rank was three slots ahead of his per-game, despite missing 17 games. Jimmy did. Tyler Hero was actually mostly healthy until more towards the end of the year. He had a few games off here and there, and that'll probably hold. But 68 games played, not bad. Per game rank of 77 for Hero. Totals rank of 70, so relatively close to league average in that kind of zone that he's been in. And uh, led the team in shots per game at 16.6. Did not lead the team in usage because he wasn't the big assist guy and didn't take a ton of free throws like a butler. But overall, a really nice year for Hero. And he will likely get overdrafted as well because, again, he scored 20 points per game with three three-pointers. Positive free throw guy, negative field goal guy, those things kind of cancel each other out, so more usage was indeed a better thing for Hero because of points and threes and assists, and the other stuff becomes kind of a net neutral. Is there any room for him to improve while he's in Miami? I think we've probably kind of maxed out the Tyler Hero. Where things could change for him is if he's included in some sort of Dame trade which does that put him in portland or brooklyn we've heard about a three-way deal we don't know but as long as hero's in miami and unless you think that his field goal percent changes dramatically season over season which feels at least in my eyes like kind of a tough sell he's a career 43.9 percent field goal guy you know what he shot this year (laughs) 43.9 if you don't include the play-in games where he was ever so slightly better than that. 43.9. He was right on his career mark. Free throw was a career high, so you could even see that come back down a little bit. Steals and blocks were actually a career high, but that probably rolled into him just playing more minutes per game this year at 35. He'd never been higher than 32.5 before this season, so you just sort of got the rolling up stats impact of Hero playing more minutes. I don't see how he plays more than 35 minutes a game. I don't see how he gets to do much more unless Butler or Adebayo misses additional time. Unless he's on a different team. That's the way that that thing flips on its head. And then nobody else on Miami was better than top 100. Kyle Lowry started the year in the top 75-85 range and then... His body let him down, which I think was kind of the expectation. He was one of those guys I mentioned before this last season started as... Because a lot of people just assumed he was going to be on my old man squad. But I told y'all on this podcast, and hopefully you were listening, he was actually too old. Too old for the old man squad. The old man squad isn't about age. It's about ability to... It's really... It's the boring squad. But boring doesn't have to mean old or beat up. Boring just means guys that get overlooked. Kyle Lowry wasn't overlooked. He was beat up and has been for almost half a decade. But luckily for a while there, his per game was high enough where you were like, ah, it's okay, I'll just just wear the missed ball games at the end of the season. Now, that's not even the case. So, could there be some kind of bounce back there? Honestly, I doubt it. Unless he gets moved and then has like a weird prove-it season. But even then, you're expecting him to be hurt for part of it. He's not a player that can remain upright. 
Is there anyone that could surprise us on the Heat? The only number, the or the only name rather that that kind of pops out would be Caleb Martin because he did have a really good playoff run, and he's a good basketball player, but he doesn't really get to do anything when he's on the court, at least not during the regular season, and at least not when Tyler Hero was around. Martin played 29 minutes a game, but only took seven and a half shots. Five boards, assist and a half. He had a steal, half a block, one three-pointer. It was a very quiet, plodding year. Top 150, deeper league guy. I, I, I just don't, I don't know where he fits in a long regular season unless... You're looking at Caleb and you're like, oh, he built a confidence in the playoffs that he's going to carry over now and uh, magically, uh, I don't know, let's say Hero drops from 16 and a half shots per game down to like 15 and Adebayo back to 14 and Lowry down to eight instead of nine. Could we somehow squeeze an extra two shots a night to Caleb Martin? I don't I just don't see him as being aggressive enough to get to 10 shots a night during the long regular season when the other big volume guys are are upright around him. And then what if Lillard shows up and you've got Dame, Butler, and Adebayo? There's just, there wouldn't be any room at all for someone else. Now, we don't know that Lillard want, is going to be a Heat. You know, that's the place he wants to go. But Portland can send him wherever they can get the best deal, frankly. And people are like, oh, you should do right by Dame. Well... I don't actually agree with that. I think if you're the Blazers, you take whatever the best deal is for your team, whether that's to rebuild with assets or that's to stay mildly competitive now, whatever that might be, that's what you have to do. You don't just send Dame to the place he wants to go if it's not the best package. But we do kind of have to handicap the Heat with this thing hanging over us that they it might be Lillard and you know Hero and Lowry and blah 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 and these guys all might be gone but he would just soak up all of that him and and Butler and Adebayo whatever whatever fringy guys get floated out in addition to Hero who's not a fringy guy that all just gets rolled up into the stars because you trade for a superstar you lose depth and then your current guys just have to do a little bit more as it stands right now, this team's still probably a three-horse team. I like Caleb Martin. He would have been a fantasy player in the playoffs if you were doing a postseason league because his shooting was amazing. He got to do more, which was fun because he's someone that was kind of on our... He was basically on the watch list the entire year for us on this pod, but never really cleared the mark to be... Uh, consistently reliable, at least, at least just from a usage standpoint. And yeah, he did. He picked it up in the playoffs, especially that Boston series. Eleven shots, sixteen, eleven, nine, twelve, thirteen, sixteen. He was in double digits in six out of their seven games. There, shots dropped off a bit against Denver. Seven, three, nine, twelve, nine. That looks a little bit more like the regular season. It's just hard, like. The way a particular team played the Heat allowed Caleb Martin to do a bunch more stuff. Most of the teams in the NBA are not going to play them the same way. And so you're probably going to get more of the Caleb that's taking eight shots per game. That's what the, that's what it was this last year. I don't see a reason that that's going to change. Unfortunately, I wish it would. 
So there you go. Heat, relatively brief. We'll see where Butler gets drafted. He might be a target again on the Roto side. Longtime member of the Dan Bespris old old man squad who gets underdrafted because of his health. And we saw this year, if he can get into the mid-60s in games, he can obliterate an ADP near 30. Adebayo probably gets drafted in the 20s, which again, you saw he gets there with health, but that doesn't give a whole lot of wiggle room. Hero probably, again, if he's in Miami, probably gets drafted in the 60s. He gets there with good health. He probably doesn't get there without it, which makes it probably call that either accurately or slightly overdrafted. And so if you're looking at my fantasy teams, my very few head-to-head leagues, you might see some Adebayos mixed in there because of the durability factor. My Roto leagues, you'll probably see some Jimmy Butlers. And we'll reassess all of this in a couple of weeks when we find out if the Heat have like half the roster they have now but Lillard on there. These are all the reasons, frankly, why we don't need to dive into free agency yet because stuff is still happening and there is a big-name player who has asked out of his team. It might take weeks for it to happen. Maybe it pops up in a matter of days, but there's no reason for us to rush into the news of Friday and the weekend. Certainly now in the offseason, we have all the time in the world, especially while Twitter is all goofered. Anywho, have a lovely Monday, everybody. Uh, Enjoy your July 4th holiday. We'll be back with a uh, brief show tomorrow that might be on the Denver Nuggets. I haven't decided yet. I'm Dan Bespers for Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation of all these things that I'd like to promo, um, but I don't know. I feel like we'll save it until someone might actually see them out there. Or maybe I should look at this from the other standpoint. If Twitter is really completely boned and doesn't come back in the next month, um, maybe you guys will all go back to needing the podcast every day. I'll be right here See you tomorrow, everybody. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.